In the book of Joel, there are some writings by the prophet Joel that are very powerful. And I went back this week and I studied the first chapter so that I might understand the second chapter. In the book of Joel, it's a, it's a vision of the prophet of what was happening to Israel. Israel is symbolic of the church. The Old Testament Israel is symbolic of the New Testament church. And in those writings of, of the prophet Joel, just a minor prophet in three chapters long is his whole writing. But how powerful, how powerful they really are. <coughs> I won't take it verse by verse today. I just want to give you a quick synopsis of where he was and what he was telling Israel because he began to explain to them that because of their sin and because of their removing themselves from the mind and the will of God, that the locust was coming. And the locust, he, he, he described it in such vivid manner. I went back and studied. I studied a long time with the commentaries and I, I, I saw, do you know there's more than 80 kind of locusts that the Scriptures alone talk about? But these locusts were devouring. They were devouring the fruit trees. They were devouring the fig trees and the apple trees. And, and they were eating the, the bark off of the trees all the way down to where there was just white branches. That, uh, it, it was a devastating attack. The farmers had no crops. And it was, it was a tough, tough time for Israel. And so it brings you into the second chapter. And the Lord begins to speak through the prophet Joel. And he said in verse 12 of chapter 2, he's, after he had explained all the things that were happening, he said, Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. Then he said this in verse 13. He said, and rend your heart, tear your heart, and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth Him of the evil. The prophet is saying to Israel, the way to get out of this mess is for you to repent and to rend your heart and not your garment. And turn to the Lord and He in His mercy. He who is slow to anger will show you great kindness. Again, He said, He said, Who knoweth if He will return and repent? And leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord. You see, because of what the locusts did, everything was affected. Go study the Scriptures. The priests did not even have sacrifices to offer for the sins of the people. It was a, des a, a, a desperate day for Israel. But then he instructed, and this is what Joel and his prophecy said, and you know it well. But I want you to hear it on this first Sunday of 2019. He said, blow the trumpet in Zion. The blowing of a trumpet in the Scripture 
was, was for the gathering of the people. When the trumpet blew, they knew it was time to gather. And he said, blow the trumpet. And when you get those people together, I'm reading a little bit from the Scriptures. Verse 15 said, he said, sanctify a fast and call a solemn assembly. He said, gather the people and sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children and those that suck the breast. And let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priest, that's the preacher, and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? So the instruction of the prophet is this. You have to have a time of consecration. You have to have a day of repentance or a time of repentance. And your people have to come to be with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, with repentance. It's the only way to get the things that have come upon you off of you. I pause on this Sunday morning to tell you that I, at 65 years old, have never seen the kind of world that we're living in today. Oh, I can't even begin to tell you of the changes that have been made in our world. And I want to tell you, I hate to say it this way, I'm not a prophet and I'm not a man that preaches gloom, but I want to tell you things are not getting any better. But we are living in a time of sin and degradation when everything is okay. The motto of the world is, if it feels good, do it. But that's not the motto of God. You have to get out of those fleshly arrangements by the Satan himself. And you have to fall upon your face before God and say, God, I repent and I come before you today. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm seeking you because I need a turnaround in my life. I want to ask you today, is there anybody here that needs a turnaround in your life this morning? So I'm gathering the people today. I'm blowing the trumpet. I should have brought my trumpet out here. I, I can still blow one. You look at an old trumpet player here. But I should have blown the trumpet this morning. But I'm calling and sanctifying a fast and a solemn assembly. This, ladies and gentlemen, is not a game. This is heaven or hell. This is saved or lost. This is good or bad. You can't mix the two. It's either evil or it's not. It's either good or it's bad. 
It's either sin or it's righteousness. You cannot live in both worlds. I've come to preach to you. Look, I'm not going to pamper you today. I'm not going to leave you here feeling good and wonderful when you walk out today unless you do what I'm telling you the Scriptures are telling us to do. I didn't come to pat you on the back on a Sunday morning. I've come to preach the unadulterated truth of God and tell you that if your eyes can't see past the end of your nose and you can't tell that our world is in deep trouble, there's sin on every hand. There's sin like it's never been. And the church and everybody else is okay in everything that's going on. I've come to take a stand for righteousness and I've come to preach truth to you on a Sunday morning that God will not put up with. He will send the locusts. He will send the judgment. He will come against this in His own time. I was driving down the road this week and the Lord dropped that Scripture in my mind. He said, just because judgment is not executed speedily. People think they get by. That's the essence of the Scripture. I want to tell you there is a judgment coming. And the only ones that will survive the things of judgment are those with repentant spirits. And those that learn to consecrate and sanctify and give yourself to the living God. I'm not playing today. You come for games, you're in the wrong house. Brothers and sisters, we're living in a most... I'm not talking politics. Put politics out of your mind. We're living in a liberal society. When everything's okay. You can even choose your gender now if that's what you want to do. Who ever heard of such? God didn't make Adam and Steve. He made Adam and Eve. So in 2019, I'm going to raise the flag at 6680 Frontage Road. We still don't believe in abortion. We still don't believe in homosexuality. We still don't believe in loose living. We still don't believe in adultery or fornication or lying or cheating. We believe the Word of God. You can pass any law you want to pass. You can't change God's law. You can say anything on the Congress, in a, on the Hill, and in the Senate you want to say. And the President can okay it if he wants to. But I'm telling you, this is the Word of God. This is where we've got to land. This is what we've got to do. And until we sanctify ourselves, we can't see that in the things of God. Here's what politicians do. They want to see which way the wind's blowing. They want to see how everybody feels, Brother Richard. If everybody feels this way, then that's the way we'll go. I know, I, I know, I know you know politicians. They'll say one thing, do another. Politicians like the old boy that was running for the town council years ago, and, and uh, I heard the story, and, 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 and they was having a big argument about when squirrel season ought to open. And so he stood up, and they had a big meeting. 
And he said, folks, I want to tell you something. I have many of my friends here today that are for squirrel season starting at this time. And he said, then on the other hand, I have many of my friends that are on the other side. And they're for the squirrel season starting this time. It was a big issue in the town, in the town square. He said, but I just want to tell you today that I am going to stand up for my friends. That's the way politicians operate. I'm not playing games with politicians today. What I'm here to tell you on this Sunday morning is that the locusts are coming. And they're eating bare America. And the prophecies of Joel are coming true again in 2019. And the fruit tree is giving no fruit. And the sacrifices are not being able, are are not able to be raised. And the church is suffering. And America's suffering. And the world is suffering. So I've come to blow the trumpet in Zion and stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. Somebody needs to hit your knees in prayer. The priest needs to weep between the porch and the altar. Oh God, that something would happen in 2019 that would bring us back to where we need to be. Oh Lord, carry us back to where we ought to be. Get the worldliness off of us. Get the sin out of our life. Get all the things that we're dealing with and put them on the back shelf and put God prior in your life. Verse 17. Let the priest, the ministers of the Lord, weep between between the porch and the altar. And here's what they need to say. Spare thy people, O Lord. Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach. So the heathen, people that don't even believe you're, you're real, should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? You know what Joel's saying? He's saying, the preacher and the ministers and the elders ought to be praying, spare thy people, O God. I'm good man to call everybody in this building up here today over about 60 years old and tell you you are responsible and your prayers have to touch the throne of God. Spare thy people, O oh God. Spare our young people, oh God. Our young people, let me preach to you a minute. Don't you believe the stuff they're telling you? Don't you believe the junk they're in- injecting into your veins? Don't you for one minute believe that? You better check it out by the Word of God. You don't have to take this preacher's Word, but you better take the Word of God. You better stick it deep down in your soul. I, look, do I, I don't hate any abortionists. I love every person. I love every homosexual. We, look, we have had a group here come not long ago and 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 and, and they were cross dressing and they were here and they were here for several Sundays and they worshiped here and it's okay with me. You come here and everybody's got a right to praise God. I, I, I had to go to them when when some of them that were cross dressing were going in the ladies' room and I said, No, you can't do 
that. Well, guess what? They got offended and didn't come back. If that offends you, I'm sorry, darling. But that's the way this church is going to stand. I'm not against those people. You're welcome here. Every alcoholic's welcome here. Every drug addict's welcome here. Everybody on skin row is welcome here. It doesn't matter who you are. But God hates sin. God don't like unrighteousness. And He'll turn the locusts loose in the land. And they'll devour everything that you can have. Said, then the Lord, the Lord will be jealous for his land, and he'll pity his people. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and wool, and ye shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathen. But he said, I will remove far off from you the northern army, that's the locusts. And will drive him into a land barren and desolate with his face toward the east sea. And his hinder part toward the utmost sea. And his stink shall come up and his ill savor shall come up because he hath done great things. In other words, I'll come drive him out. He said, fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. Now here's the, here's the catch to it all. God will only do great things when we do what we ought to do. Let me get down here among y'all. Let me preach to you a little bit. You can't, you can't act like you're an angel on Sunday morning. Live like the devil five, six days a week. That's not true repentance. True repentance is when you do a 180 and you head the other direction. True repentance is when you say, Lord, I'm sorry, and you mean it, and you turn around and walk away from it. Amen? You know what we ought to do? We ought to spend about the first three days of this week saying, Lord, forgive me. Lord, clean me up. I prayed it this morning. I said, Lord, here's my text, by the way. Y'all ready? Here's my text. I'm halfway through. Maybe... Maybe halfway. Here's my text. Lord, everybody say, Lord, Lord. we need a revival. Does anybody agree? We need a revival. Lord, send a revival of the old time power. Send a revival this midnight hour. Grant sinners, sinners repentance. Grace to be baptized. Oh, God, we need a revival. You know what a revival is? Listen to me. A revival is not a harvest. A revival is bringing back to life that which was once alive, but is now dead. You say, we got harvest and revival all mixed up. I want new people to come. I want, if you're well, if you're here today, look, I don't, I'm not this mean all the time. Come on back. I'll try to make you feel better next time. But listen to me right now. We, we can't have a harvest until we have a revival. 
you can't gather in the, the, the crops until you go do some things that you ought to do personally. And we do it as a church. What I'm talking about on this Sunday morning is that we have to repent individually. We can do it as a church. And I can lead you in a prayer of repentance today. You say, repent of what? Repent of everything. Repent of, repent of things you haven't done that you know you ought to do. Because the Bible said to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. So for that reason alone, we ought to pray every day a prayer of repentance. And we ought to live a lifestyle of repentance because there's not a one of us in here that know what we ought to do and do it all. We don't do everything we ought to do. But I've come to tell you on this Sunday morning, if we could fall into repentance and fall into prayer, into the place where God would see our sincerity and know our heart and understand where we're coming from. That He would turn heaven and say, I hear you. I'm coming now. And when the church has revival, the church is going to have a harvest. I wonder if it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm I'm, I'm getting older. I understand that. Me and Erling talk about it all the time. We don't understand the, the younger generation. You know, we really don't. I'm, I'm not being mean. I just don't understand some things. I was raised different. I was brought up different. I, I, I don't understand it all. But here's what I do know. Church has got to be more than a few songs and entertainment. And a preacher preaching a canned sermon. And read to you out of some book. Empty prayer rooms, empty hearts, just going through the motions. That's what I do know. And as long as I'm here, you may get, I told Brother Roy, I said, we may not have nobody here next Sunday. By the way, next Sunday will be Communion Sunday. And next Sunday, I, I instructed them today, it wasn't on the plan, but I instructed them today, bring all the teachers, all the kids, everybody in the auditorium. And that don't mean because you're a teacher or whatever, you can take next Sunday off. It's Communion Sunday. Everybody's going to be here in this auditorium, and we're going to, we're going to rejoice together. We're going to have a week of consecration, of repentance, and getting ourselves right with God, and getting zeroed in on the things of God for 2019, and we're taking Communion next Sunday. And it's going to be a glorious time. I may be putting a damper on everything with the first first Sunday of 2019, but what I'm really trying to do is bring this church into the direction of God. I want to tell you we need nothing more than we need the anointing. We don't need good singing. We don't need good musicians. We don't need good preachers. We need the anointing of the Spirit of God upon us. It's the anointing that will break every yoke. Every drug addict can be delivered. Every alcoholic can be delivered. Every liar can be forgiven. Everybody in this church when the anointing comes, yoke are going to break. Strongholds are going to come down. Fire is going to fall. Power is going to be here. People are going to walk out with changed lives. You can dance in the Holy Ghost when the anointing comes. You can find God when the anointing comes. Unless the anointing's here. It is a dead, dull, dry, phenomenal church. And I refuse to have that in this church. I'll preach an hour every day before I, re- I, re- I let it happen. I refuse to be a dead church. I refuse to be just be another people. We are here people who have been called by the name of Jesus. 
What we need is old-fashioned anointed. We need for singers to be anointed. We need for musicians to be anointed. We need for drummers and guitar players and keyboard players. Everybody needs anointing. We need for everybody up here holding the mic to be anointed. Now, you ready? You're not going to get that without prayer. I don't care. Listen to me right now. I don't care how talented you think you are. If you can't grace God in a prayer room... You don't have no business on this platform. I don't care whether you like it or not. You want to have good church? Here's what good church is. People being delivered. People being healed. It's not a preacher preaching you a little canned sermon and us singing some canned songs and you feeling good and dancing just a little bit. It's when you get under the spout where the glory comes out. It's when the fire begins to fall in your life and it burns out all the sin and all the carnality. Let me tell you, you, oh my God. If you can't pray, don't you come tell me how to run this church. I'm going to tell you to shut up and sit down. If you can't pray, don't you tell me what song to sing. I'm going to tell you go take a back seat. Bless God. The only ones I run off is the ones that don't want to move with the Holy Ghost. And if you don't want to move with the Holy Ghost, see you later, darling. This church is going to have a move of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have it through sanctified prayer. We're going to have it through fasting. We're going to have it through loving one another. We're going to have it through people committed. I'm not being a smart aleck today, but I want to tell you, I've had it up to here with carnal people. You know who complains? Carnal people. Well, it's this and it's that. It's, if, you, if you get down and pray and let the Holy Ghost touch you, you get over some of that job. You come to church looking for church. You come to church saying, Woo, I can't wait to get the presence of God. Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's preaching today? It don't matter. God's here. Who's singing today? It don't matter. God's here. Who's playing today? It don't matter. God. Thank you, Caleb, for showing up at the prayer room. I saw you. Thank you. I love you, buddy. I use a drummer like you. Don't give me carnal people up here. No, I can't preach with being carnal, and you can't play being carnal. I can't preach being carnal, you can't sing being carnal. Look, y'all, this ain't nothing new. G.E. Chance preached like this. And you thought you was raised on. I'm not giving you anything new. But you know, here's what I find out. Here's what I find. The closer we get to the rapture, 
some folks want to see just how close to the world they can get. How much you can let in your life. Listen to me right now. It's not about what all you can get by with. I, I, I don't want to just barely get there. John Maxwell, one of the greatest men on leadership that's ever spoken on leadership. He's not of our religious persuasion, but he's a great man. I've been to his seminars. I've heard him. Matter of fact, he was at one of our seminars, and a and, uh, guy took him to the airport, and it got very spiritual in there, and I don't think John really knew what to do. But uh, they said, well, John, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about this group of people? He said, well... You have to know John Maxwell. He said, they're going to make it if they don't run past it. I, I, I want to make it. I'd rather, I'd rather just run into it than to slide in, pardon me, by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. I don't want to just be almost saved. I want to be saved. I don't want to just almost be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian on Sunday morning and Sunday night. I want to be a Christian on Tuesday morning, Antoinette. I want to be a Christian on Wednesday. I want to be a Christian on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, Monday, and whatever day of the week you want to talk about. I want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian just Sunday at church and Wednesday at church. I need an old And I, look, I'm preaching to me this morning. Okay, I'm preaching to me this morning. Here's what I told God. Right, I started to kneel this morning. I'm telling you the honest God truth. I started to kneel in my office this morning before six o'clock, and uh, or maybe a little after six. I started to kneel, and when I started to kneel, I said, I can't kneel. I can't kneel. You talk about me. I don't care what you say. I don't care how crazy you think I am. I just moved away from my old green chair. And I laid down with my face in the carpet. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let it start in me. Let it begin in me. Let me have it first, God. Send a revival in me, Lord. Oh, God, I need it worse than anybody else. I need the Holy Ghost all over again. I felt I've spent a long time this morning with my face in the carpet begging God to let it start in me. I'm not just preaching to you today. Preaching to me. Send a revival to me, God. Send me something, Lord, that will shake me to the very foundation of my soul. Don't let it be just a quick fix. I'm not looking for a Sunday morning fix. I'm looking for something that in July it's still there. In October it's still there. In November it's still there. Lord, we need a revival. We need a revival. We need people that know how to pray. We need that more than we need anything else in this church. We need people to know how to pray. I 
I'm not going to follow you around like the spiritual cop and make sure you pray every day. Guess what? Neither is God. He said, fear not, O land. The Lord's going to do great things. Don't be afraid, beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring and the tree beareth her fruit and the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. I'm coming back to give you a blessing to what he's saying. Then he said, he said, be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. Here's what he said. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain. Everybody say the rain. He said, I'm going to give you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat. And the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And he said, I'm going to restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. The canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm. Those are all spiritual Spiritual things. God was using a parable as He did in the New Testament with Jesus Christ teaching. He was just saying, because you understand the locusts, remember back, remember back when God sent plagues upon Egypt. You know what He sent? Locusts. Locusts. So dark that they could not see the sky. There were so many locusts. So He said, I'm going to send all that back to you. And he said, you're going to eat and plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Ye shall know. He said, you're going to know. You're going to know that I am in the midst of Israel. And that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. For it shall come to pass. After all that, listen now, he's prophesied that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my Spirit. He said, I'm going to show you wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. You want to read this again? You go to Acts chapter 2. It's exactly what Peter said. In the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. I preached a year or two ago from a scripture in the book of Second Chronicles. It was when the Lord was so well pleased with Solomon, the building of the temple. Listen to me right now. If you go read in Second Chronicles chapter 7, you'll, you'll read where the Shekinah glory of God came down so, so beautiful, and so thick and so powerful that the priest could not see to minister in the temple. It was such a powerful, powerful thing. If you read on down in that chapter... Verse 12 said, The Lord appeared unto Solomon by night when all that was over with. And he said unto him, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. And he said, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locust 
to devour there. That word is again to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. If I do that. He said, if I do that, Solomon. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, Solomon, I'll hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. He said, now, I've never, never preached from this scripture, but verse 15 said, the Lord said, now mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Lord, we need a revival. We need to humble ourselves. We need to turn from our wicked ways. We need to repent. We need to seek the face of God. Because He said, if you will, I'll give you a revival. I'll bring back to life all the things that are dead. He said, in the book of Joel, I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. I'm going to give it all back to you. If you'll just come to me Sanctify fast. So this week, here's what we're doing. We're saying we're going to fast. Some will fast a day. Some will fast two days. Some will fast three days. Some may fast a week. I don't know how long you're going to fast. Maybe you can fast from 3 o'clock one evening to 3 o'clock the next evening and do that every day. Maybe you can do it. I don't know. Here's what I will tell you. We all need to fast. We all need to fast. I am going to push the plate back this week and we're going to try to find the heart of God, the mind of God. And not just fast, but fasting without prayer is as useless as anything you'll do. If you just say, I'm not going to eat, then you're just going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry either way, by the way. But it's called bringing your flesh into submission. How many of you want your prayers to be answered? Fast. 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 That's why he said, call a solemn assembly. Sanctify fast. This morning, the first Sunday of 2019, I'm calling an assembly and I'm sanctifying a fast. I'm calling this church to a fast. Every boy, every girl, every young person, everybody in this building. Say, preacher, I can't. There are cases that I understand. There are times when you you really can't. But most of us can. And it won't hurt us. We need to get our fat self up and do the will of God. When you start fasting and you hit your knees, I want you to say this with me. A closet. Come on, say it loud. A closet. A prayer. We're going to start tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. We're going to have prayer tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. But a closet of prayer is not corporate prayer. It's not coming to the prayer room. It's not coming on Monday night. It's praying when you're by yourself. 
church praying when you're at home. I don't care. If you've got to get in the closet, go get in the closet. But go shut the bedroom door. Say, family, I'll, I'll be out after a while. i got some business to take care of. Get alone by yourself and spend some time with God. I'm sanctifying a fast and I'm calling a solemn assembly. You have my word. You have my word that the priest is going to weep between the porch and the altar. And I'm going to beg God to send us the kind of revival that we need. I want restoration to come. Things that some of you have lost. I want to tell you, you need to get mad at the devil. Walk right into where he's at and take back the things that he's stolen. And say, devil, you're a liar. I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take it back because it belongs to me. Is anybody with me on this Sunday morning? I'm here to tell you the week of consecration has to be a dynamic week in this church. It has to be a week that starts this year with the crust of revival. My Lord, what a prayer meeting we had this morning. How many of you were in the prayer room this morning? Hold your hands up. There's a lot of folks in there this morning. Let me tell you something, honey. We had an old-fashioned prayer meeting this morning. I'm talking about a real prayer meeting this morning. We're going to have more of them. And we're going to have more of them. And we're going to have more of them. And we're going to keep doing the things that God wants us to do. Because God wants to give us revival. We are, and I close quickly, we are a city set on a hill, God said. We're, 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 we're a light to a dark world. We're the only reason, in my opinion, that God has already took His church back. We, the people of His name, the people of faith, the people that have been born of water and spirit, those who said into the sound of my voice with millions around the world, are the reason we prayed back the judgments of God. Let me tell you something. Look at me right now. Our world makes Sodom and Gomorrah look like a Sunday school class. I want you to look at me right now. The Internet is probably the worst curse that ever came to America. You say, oh, preacher, how can you say that? Because it brought into the homes, into private homes, filthy. Now, there's a great, there's a lot of good things on the Internet. Don't get me wrong. I get it on it every day. We're victims. we got to do it to live. I bank on it. I pay my bills on it. Don't you look at me like that. You know I'm telling you the truth. We're victims. But let me tell you what else it's done. You can go to the privacy of the Internet. You can pull up anything you want to. Sometimes you type a word and don't even mean to pull it up. And here it comes. And the devil is injecting into the veins of America. Horrible, horrible sin. So we've got to clean our act up. Just sink into us a minute today. It's okay.
because of what the Spirit of the Lord is leading me to say today. And I'm preaching to people in this church right now. Listen to me. None of us are perfect. We've all, we've all done some things that we're not proud of. But today is the day for you to turn it around and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Take me back, Lord, to the place I used to be. Let me have a revival in me, in me, Lord. It's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. That's why at the very beginning I had you to say, He's not talking to you, He's talking to me. Don't throw it off to somebody else. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. Because the Lord wants to draw us near to Him. Lord, take me back to the old landmarks. Let me have that that I used to have. Let me get closer than I've ever been. Restore unto me the things that I've lost. What the devil has tried to take away. What my flesh has caused me to lose, oh God. Restore it this morning. In the name of Jesus, do it today.